Welcome back to the second episode of Five Yard Fantasy. This is the Offsides Network, and this episode is once again sponsored by Nobody. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our Fantasy Steals episode earlier this week. Uh, we really enjoyed filming it, and we're back today. Today we're going to do some fantasy busts, but before we get into that, we are going to talk about the preseason games that get started tonight, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, and Sunday as well. So let's kick that off with New York versus New England, the Giants versus the Patriots. Uh, Ayush, we're pretty excited about this one. Yeah, there's a lot of things to look for here. Uh, probably mainly on the Giants side of the side of the ball. Um, mm. There's plenty of wide receivers that need to be looked at. Mainly, I think Kadarius Tony, who didn't have a lot of targets this past season, but his numbers without the ball, like his yards run per route, and all that stuff, are looking really good. So he's a potential wide receiver one for them. Absolutely. His um, route running has looked really, really sharp. Yes, uh, he looks really good when he was on um, the field. Yeah, and Wandale Moore, their uh, rookie that they drafted, I think, in the second round. Yeah, Maybe I believe so. Second round. Robinson. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be pretty good. It might have been a bit high for them to draft with all the wide receivers they already have. But if he can kind of climb his way up to the depth chart through these preseason games, that's something to look out for. Yeah, it really is interesting because you also have Kenny Galladay still in that lineup, who was a complete mm-hmm. disappointment last season. Uh, and whether or not Brian Dable will take a liking to him, whether or not he sees a lot of action, if he can return to form, uh, that will definitely determine how that depth chart shakes out. Because if we get Lions Kenny Galladay next season, which I know people have been really down on him all year long, saying like he was a, only a product of Matt Stafford, but there is still a chance that there's a good receiver in there somewhere. And if he comes out, then that's really going to affect who's seeing target share and that Giants deep or offense. So he is someone to watch as well, in my opinion. But I think the most important player to watch is Daniel Jones. He has looked really rough in the training camp videos, in the design scrimmages, videos of him missing throws, videos of him throwing lollipops. <laughs> it's it's ugly. It's, yeah. And he's got some doubters to prove wrong, myself included. Uh, how do yeah. you feel about Daniel Jones? I don't know. I was high on him before the training camp. I was like, He's got all these weapons. He's got a new coaching staff. He's got everything that he needs to really be good this season. And then you look at all these training camp videos that are on Twitter and everything, and everything just looks terrible. Because I saw a clip, I think, yesterday where he just threw a duck straight at the defense. There's not a receiver within 20 yards of that ball. So I really don't know what's going on with him. But that also gives an opportunity for Tyrod Taylor, I think, who's their backup right now. And he's always been a good quarterback, I feel like. He's always been that kind of bridge quarterback because he gave way for Baker, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. So maybe he can turn things around for Daniel Jones just by being there. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then it also gives opportunity to Saquon. Can't pass. Mm-hmm. You can try to run. Uh, and you can try to run little screen passes to Saquon to get your quarterback going. So. The worse Daniel Jones looks, I think the better that ends up playing out for Saquon, although he probably wants him to slot in somewhere in the middle. But it is it's looking rough for Daniel Jones. He needs yeah. to pull it together in this preseason game uh, for the Giants to really have any chance of building off of what they did last year. Yeah, Patriots, though, there's there's a little bit to look at with the Patriots. Uh, I'm Curran. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, could be Tom Curran. Pat's beat. He has stated that Mac Jones has looked markedly bad. And that's a direct quote. Uh, Mm. And so has the Patriots offense under his direction. Uh, Not a great sign 
from Patriots training camp. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. It might just because Josh McDaniels isn't there anymore. Uh, maybe they just need to sort some things out in terms of how they want to run the offense with a new – I don't even know who's there. I don't think they have an offensive coordinator like directly labeled, but just getting that direction and all that, the details figured out there. But I think they can figure that out. Um, I think Mac is going to get a lot better in this his second year, just giving him a little more room to grow and not having him be so boxed in to the offensive scheme is going to allow him to kind of soar, hopefully. But I, I'm not believing that markedly bad quote. Yeah, so you're writing it off. I, yeah. I'm not. You know what? I I am kind of buying in uh, to that sort of anti-hype, if you will. Uh, around Mac Jones. I I wasn't huge on him coming out of college. I thought he was more of like a second-round quarterback, maybe a third-round quarterback. Uh, the rookie year was solid, but we saw kind of the reasons why I thought he was a later-round QB. Uh, the training yeah. wheels were 100% on all mm-hmm. year last year. Yeah, uh, Games where he threw three passes. That's not an NFL starting quarterback <laughs> stat line. Uh, can Bill Belichick actually show some faith in Mac Jones, I think is the key to them actually finding success this year. Because if Bill Belichick doesn't trust his starting quarterback, how are you going to let him throw it down the field? How are you going to run any sort of a successful offense? And I feel like it's even harder to trust him when you don't have a wide receiver that you trust because their wide Mm -hmm. receiver core is so devoid of top end talent. I mean, you're Devontae Parker is your receiver number one. That's not really a great sign. Mm -hmm. So I feel like things could get pretty ugly for Mac Jones this year if That's those true. reports are true. That's true. And they also drafted Bailey Zappi, right? This yeah, Bailey past Zapp. season. Yeah. That will be so I'm not high I, on him either, but uh yeah, you know what is interesting. He looks exactly like Mac Jones. Yeah. If you do a side by side of them, they <laughs> yeah. they could be twin brothers. Yeah. Like it is it is really odd. But uh <laughs> Patriots Stevenson, have their type of guy. Yeah, they, they know exactly what they want in a quarterback. Yeah. It is uh plain face, tall, uh, blonde white guy. That, yeah, exactly. That's what they want. <laughs> uh Mac Jones, he should have an effect on uh the Ramondre Stevenson Damian Harris running back battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can't deliver as a passer, that becomes all the more important. And we were talking about Ramondre Stevenson earlier this week, uh, him being a fantasy sleeper for us. Can he take over in this preseason game and start to see more volume over Damian Harris. I think that's definitely a storyline to watch who sees more snaps. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to watch because Harris, his fantasy value was mainly, mainly coming from his touchdowns. Um, And if he can't live up to that, that touchdown number that he put up last year, then it really opens things up for Stevenson to kind of be that top dog in terms of fantasy and maybe in terms of carries as well. Hunter Henry was kind of the lead guy last year in terms of uh, touchdowns and fantasy production. He had a ton of touchdowns, ton of yards. Uh, can he return to that form as a red zone target for them? I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so he well. is a somebody to target in your leagues. Uh, if their offense does go south or if it's really successful, I think that comes through Hunter Henry. I think he's going to be someone that is consistent for them and someone that's productive. He's always been really solid in his career. Uh Jonu Smith, I think, is kind of the odd man out. I think he's not going to see a ton of volume. Uh, I would not target Jonu Smith. Yeah, I don't. They paid him a lot of money, but he hasn't really done. He's been kind of, I guess, their blocker. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's he's not really doing anything to, to put numbers on the stat sheet. 
not much um, fantasy value there. Yeah, yeah. Good but, on but, field value, you know, blind yeah, tight ends exactly. are important. Exactly. But, but on the, in the fantasy game, he's probably not going to be that valuable for anyone. Um, but their wide receivers, I feel like if Kendrick Bourne can be, I think we talked about it a little bit last time. Um, but if he can be a little more consistent, um, instead of putting up twenty one game and then like six another, uh, he can really become someone Mac Jones can rely on, uh, and maybe even step up into that wide receiver one role instead of Devontae Parker or Jacoby Myers or someone like that. Yeah, I agree. Bourne definitely has a lot to prove this year, uh, and can be a huge benefit to Mac Jones. But like we talked about, that offense is uh it's definitely something to watch because they they need a lot of young guys to play really well. Yeah, it's pretty unproven. Mm, very much. Moving on, uh Ravens Titans. This one is interesting. Uh yes. most of the Ravens starters are out. Uh we'll see no Lamar Jackson, no Mark Andrews. No J.K. Dobbins, no Gus Edwards. So it's it's Tyler Huntley time yeah. uh, in that offense. And I think the most important things to watch here are the Ravens' top receivers, Rashad Bateman uh, and James Proche, who is also getting a ton, a ton of hype out of camp. Can they step up? Who looks better? Uh, and is anyone fantasy valuable as a receiver in that offense, or is it just going to be Mark Andrews? Uh, I... I honestly don't feel like Bateman or Proche will have much value this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Proche is someone I'm really interested in, though, because he's gotten a ton of praise from pretty much every every year in camp. He We hear about James Proche being someone to watch for. Yeah, I think he and Bateman are probably their top two guys. I think Devin DuVernay is also someone to look at. I don't know if he's playing. but I think he's not playing, which is why I did not lose Yeah. Him. He is also definitely it's, an option in that offense. It's going to be interesting to see how that entire wide receiver core comes together. Because Bateman is obviously someone they want to be their wide receiver one. They took him in round one two years ago now, I think. Um, but if he can stay healthy and if Lamar can kind of do his thing, I think Bateman is going to be that clear number one. And it's just going to be who's going to be reliable after him and Mark Andrews. I think Proch does have a chance to fill that receiver two role for them. Uh, I could definitely see him in that situation, uh, especially if DuVernay does not prove to be valuable, which has been a big challenge for him yeah. to this point in his career. He's really not been able to deliver consistent performances mm-hmm. uh, or really much of a performance at all. <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. He's mainly been a returner, I think, more yeah. than anything else. So, yeah. He's, I think he's got like 21 catches last season. Oh, geez. Like that. Yeah. Not, not a ton of volume uh-huh. in his way. Uh, yeah. at, res- at running back, there is a little bit to watch there. Uh, with Dobbins and Edwards out, it'll be Mike Davis, Justice Hill, and Beatty competing for action. Hmm. Beatty is somebody that has received a lot of attention in camp as well uh, and is somebody that I will be watching for. Really? To see how high he can end up on that depth chart. That'll be interesting, season. yeah. Yeah, Mizzou uh i don't think he was undrafted but very late round pick for mm-hmm. the ravens out of mizzou uh definitely an interesting storyline yeah for the titans two rookies on offense that are uh names to watch actually multiple rookies on offense that are names to watch malik willis and Traylon burks are the big ones though Traylon burks according to reports from titans camp he has going through a learning curve a little bit they're saying he's got uh got a lot to learn about the nfl uh, how do you interpret that? What do you make of that? He's probably just 
not learning the schemes. Hopefully, hopefully you'll learn that soon. But I really liked him coming out of college. I watched him in Arkansas and he was amazing for them. Um, he had some stuff early on in the training camp about like his asthma issues or something. I don't really think that's much of uh, a big deal because it's summertime in Tennessee. So it's going to be pretty hot there. Mm -hmm. Um, but throughout most of the season, he's not going to be working as hard as he does in training camp or as long. Um, but I also did see something saying that he was working with the second and third units, which is a little concerning, considering that he's probably going to be their wide receiver one at the beginning of the season. So hopefully throughout this preseason process, he makes some, some leaps and goes through that learning curve, like you said, and can yeah. really start. And kind I of think they are on him to make some noise. Yeah, the they really are. Not to cut you off, sorry. No, you're uh, all good. And then after them, Willis is also interesting, mostly a dynasty uh, person to keep tabs on. Probably not a ton of value this season. Still going to be behind Ryan Tannehill, barring some sort of injury to Ryan Tannehill. But uh, Hassan Haskins, fourth-round running back, he has also received a good deal of positive attention and is looking to find a established role behind Derrick Henry, who will not be playing in this game. Most likely mm -hmm. uh, if he can play well and establish a presence in that backfield, he could definitely be a valuable option because he, he does have that receiving uh, upside, which Derrick Henry doesn't really have. So he could fill that role for them as a receiving back uh, and find some fantasy value as well. So he's someone to watch for. How do they use him in this game? It yeah. will be something I'm watching. Yeah, because if they really utilize the passing game a little bit more, uh, instead of just feeding Derrick Henry all the time, his or Hassan Haskins' fantasy value is going to be pretty good with all those receptions. Yes, that's kind of, I think the upside with him is, does he manage to carve out a role for himself as a receiver mm -hmm. in that offense? And if he can, behind Derrick Henry, also carve out that role as a receiver and find some touches uh, on the ground as well. I think he does have some decent fantasy upside. Yeah, but, uh, I agree with that. The preseason will be pretty telling, I think, mm -hmm. for us on Haskins. And then two deep sleeper guys, uh, more dynasty targets. Kyle Phillips and Chig Okoronkwo are both getting a ton of praise from coaches. Uh, fifth round rookie receiver for Kyle Phillips and fourth round rookie tight end Chig Okoronkwo. Uh, people to keep tabs on this preseason. Look out. My, they might have really big performances. Kyle Phillips is apparently being praised for his route running and his athleticism. So mm. someone that I yeah. Have going to watch who we got um, next it's atlanta and detroit indeed at 5 p.m on friday 5 p.m central time uh there's gonna be a lot of stuff to watch i feel like in this one uh with atlanta being uh the quarterback battle between mariota and ritter it's mm -hmm. probably going to be mariota to start the season but if ritter can force some pressure on that starting role maybe he can carve something out for himself by the end of the year yeah, Mariota was named the starting quarterback after the first day of practice. It took them one day of practice to say, well, <laughs> well we're going with Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, that is not super inspiring for Desmond Ritter, mm -hmm. but the other way to interpret that is Marcus Mariota looks really, really good. Uh, and I, th yeah. I think that's kind of the way I'm taking it, is that Marcus Mariota is starting his revenge tour. But uh, that also remains to be seen. We have not seen a lot of Marcus Mariota in the last couple seasons. Uh, so how he can come back from all of that time off will be an interesting storyline for the Falcons. Beyond that, Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier are in a battle for some running back usage. And Patterson is interesting because 
he was obviously fantastic as kind of their RB1 last season. But can he get that same usage on the ground this year? He's, what is he, 31? Something like that. He's pretty low. And I kind of agree with it. He, oh, I was talking age. I think he's 31 oh, age. years old. Uh, yeah, he is old. He's very old. I might even be saying he's young. Uh, yeah, he's exactly 31 years old. Um, and from reports out of camp, he is expected to be used as a receiver this season, a little bit as a running back, but also a lot as a receiver. Uh, they're not looking to use him the same way they did last year. So that leaves a lot of touches on the table for rookie Tyler Algier. So that usage kind of uh balance will be something to watch. Like, does Tyler get a ton of usage? Is Cordero Patterson playing out wide as a receiver or is he in the backfield as a running back? Uh, definitely something to watch there for me. Yeah. I think it'd be better if they use him as uh, a, a receiver this season, Cordero Patterson, just giving him some or someone other than Pitts and Drake London to focus on. It, it just, I feel like it opens up the offense a little bit more using Patterson as maybe a Debo Samuel type guy, even though he probably won't get it the amount of volume that Debo Samuel gets. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Patterson at his age is best used as a mixture of the mm-hmm. two rather than as a true running back. Cause I think his injury risk is just a little bit high uh, asking him to take yeah. that many snaps as a true running back uh, through the tackles. It's just a, it's a lot for a 31 year old. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, he can take a little bit of heat off of Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, out wide as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, London and Pitts are both expected to play. Pitts hardly played in the preseason last year, but he mm-hmm. stated that this year he doesn't tend to play uh, and that it's not something the team is making him do. He he wants to play. So I'm expecting we'll see a decent bit of Kyle Pitts uh, in this preseason because yeah. apparently he wants to be out there. He wants to get loose. So. That'll be interesting like to it. watch, yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting. For the Lions, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Hawkinson should be active. Uh, no Jamison Williams yet. For Dang. Jared Goff, I do not believe is going to play. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but that is what the reports I was seeing were saying, so it should be Tim Boyle. Okay, yeah, Tim Boyle. That's my yeah, guy. We love Tim Boyle. Yes. <laughs> and then Deion, he came out of nowhere. Like I, yeah. I don't remember anything about Tim Boyle until like last season, and it's just like, he's all right, on. Tim Boyle. Like yeah. he's he's the Lions' backup. Of of course he is. And he was the Packers' third string for quite a while. Was and he? Then, yeah, he left the Packers and joined the Lions last season. And became the backup. Yeah. Same thing with Jamal Williams, but he's doing well exactly. there. A little bit better than Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, speaking of Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift is not expected to see many carries. So that will open up the floor yes. for Jamal Williams to see some touches uh, in that backfield. It'll be probably pretty rough three. for the Lions. They don't have yeah. a lot of depth. Uh, so running a preseason game when you don't have any depth is mm-hmm. a little tricky. Uh, but it's not like the Falcons are uh, replete with depth either. So this will be a little yeah, bit of a, be... a toilet bowl match. Yep. You will. Um, I think the next game is Cleveland versus Jacksonville. Yes, uh, and that'll be awesome. a pretty good game Sound to right watch, here. especially that Cleveland quarterback situation mm-hmm. uh, with Jacoby Brissett probably starting. So he'll probably play. So interestingly, Deshaun Watson is expected to play. Uh, oh, in preseason? Yes. Oh, interesting. he he's ready to go. Uh, because of the suspension being ongoingly appealed, he is not currently suspended and is therefore able okay. to play. 
So uh, he's traveling to Jacksonville for sure. And uh, from most of the reports I'm hearing from Browns Beats reporters, they do expect him to suit up and go. Okay. Uh, so that will be exciting. And if yeah. I'm Stefanski, I probably want the same thing mm-hmm. uh, for Deshaun Watson, which is like if he's going to play it all this year, he hasn't played in an entire season. So I want him to get some reps, like real reps. Uh, yeah. And yeah. preseason reps are real reps at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So. Dernis Johnson should see a lot of work. I do not expect Nick Chubb to see any action. Uh, I'm expecting Kareem Hunt to see a little bit of action, but that opens up the table for Dernis Johnson to to eat a little bit. And uh, if he can prove himself as a really valuable running back once again, I think that opens up Cleveland's mind to the idea that Kareem Hunt could be a trade piece. Yeah, I agree with that. That is something I feel like Cleveland is watching, and it's something I'm watching as well, is how does Dearness Johnson handle uh, an increased workload here in the preseason, probably with no Nick job. Yeah, he's proved that he can play pretty well in the past, so I think he can – whoops, something fell. Uh, I think he can do pretty well in this preseason and do some do some damage. Yeah, I agree. I He's definitely on my list of guys to watch. I think what's going to end up happening, if I had to make a big prediction – is that he's going to play really well this preseason. He's going to show out again like he did last year when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were not available. And then Cleveland's going to realize, you know what, we can move on from Kareem Hunt for a trade piece now, uh, save some money, save some money next season on not resigning him and mm-hmm. not letting him just walk out the door and get a nice draft pick for him in exchange, like whether that's a fourth or fifth rounder. I feel like that's kind of the ceiling for him, but that's better than letting him walk out for nothing. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I like that move there. Um, and then the Jaguars have some people playing. It looks like Lawrence, Etienne, and Kirk are not playing in this week's yes. game. They, they saw no action in the Hall of Fame game, uh, so I am interpreting them that mm-hmm. as they will not likely play this week either uh, okay. against the Browns. I think we're going to see more of Jake Luton. Uh, Luke Farrell is someone to watch. Ohio State tight end, uh, second-year guy. Played super well in the Hall of Fame game. Three for 43. Can mm. he put a little pressure on Evan Ingram and get some targets in that Jaguars offense and be somebody that's fantasy valuable for them? Uh, it'll be interesting if he can have a repeat performance of last year. Yeah. Or of last week. Sorry, not bad. Because <laughs> he did not get a ton of volume as a receiver yeah, last no. year. He, I think that's that 43 is half of everything he did last season in 17 <laughs> games. So Dang. that's <laughs> a big improvement. You know? Yeah, yeah. That'll be pretty good to watch because I think things are pretty just open in terms of depth chart with the Jaguars. Yeah. Trying to see who can play the best. It's anybody's game. Uh, yeah. Makai Sargent also played really well, saw a good volume as a receiver in a rusher for them. Uh, running back, that's another guy to watch. I mean, you've got to put yourself in the mindset of the Jaguars right now, which is that you don't really have many options. So if anyone's playing well in the preseason, that's something that you are now immediately invested in it. So I think Luke Farrell and Makai Sargent are guys that the Jaguars now want to feed and see like, was that a one-time thing or can we get repeat production out of you? And can you be valuable for us down the stretch uh, and a valuable contributor in the future? I agree. I think one guy to look at, uh, he's not listed on the thing, but is Snoop Connor they're running back the Jaguars running yes, back? Yes, yes, I totally got, forgot him. He got that a little totally bit of bad. touches. Um, and with Etienne not playing, I don't think Snoop Connor is going to be someone that's pretty big this season. But if someone like if James Robinson ends up leaving, I don't know if this is a contract year before him, but I feel like there's a chance that he might not stick around in Jacksonville for much longer. 
that I think Snoop Connor can be a really solid RB2 behind ETN. And that's something to look out for in the yeah. season this season. Really great Old Miss running back. Uh, I don't know how I forgot to mention him, but uh, he is definitely also interesting to watch. He, not a ton of volume in preseason. Yeah, uh, he didn't have Connor. much. He ended up being kind of behind Makai Sargent. So that is uh, a little bit of competition to watch. Maybe they were given Makai game one and Snoop game two. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got Jets and Eagles. Jets, this is going to be interesting because the Jets are looking to start most of their starters uh, in this game. So we don't know how off or how much they're going to play. Uh, they've been, Saul has been mum on that, but we know that they're going to go. Uh, Zach Wilson will play a few drives. Brees Hall should be on the field. Michael Carter should see some action. And then all of their starting receivers are in as well. Uh, and I think there's a couple questions. There's Zach Wilson. How does he look? Uh, that's kind of my number one thing. He's been up and down in camp, according mm-hmm. to Jets reporters. It's been really great days mixed with really bad days. And yesterday was the first day without uh, Makai Becton, who is out for the entire year uh, now yeah. again. Yeah. And in the first day without Makai Becton, Wilson got sacked eight times. Oh, so that is that is a uninspiring stat line yeah. for Zach Wilson and the Jets offensive line. Can they overcome that dreadful offensive line and have mm-hmm. any fantasy value this season? What do you think? I, I think there can be a little bit of fantasy value. Um, I don't know. I think that really hurts the running game a lot without Mackay Beckton. Um, but the rest of the guys, I think, should be pretty okay if Zach Wilson can kind of improve as an improviser and just getting the ball out methodically. Um. And just watching how they play this first week along, because I think mostly everyone is playing that is pretty big uh, fantasy guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Um, so I think just watching them and seeing how that O-line develops, because who is their number two tackle? That is, is it George Fant or something. Is that the right tackle? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think uh, he's the right tackle or the left tackle right now. And uh, oh, Mekhi Becton was on the right. So, yeah, yeah. Mekhi Becton was on the right side of the line. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who their backup. Connor, it says Connor McDermott is their backup right now. That's not a terrible backup. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, not having Mekhi Becton, who it has been really phenomenal when he's mm-hmm. on the field, it is painful for yeah. Pretty much every aspect of that offense. And I completely forgot Elijah Vera Tucker was there, and how yeah, because he, he was he's been quiet. I haven't heard much about him. So hopefully he can kind of. He was good in year one. Ah, uh, ups and downs. Ah, uh, but mostly solid as a yeah. So hopefully there can be some progression from him to make the O line better too. Mm-hmm. I think the two biggest questions with the receivers is what is Braxton Berrios's role if any, mm. in this offense. And can he screw up the fantasy volume of anybody else? Uh, which I feel like is... I don't think Braxton Barrios has a role in fantasy, or at least he shouldn't for you. But I think his... The scary thing about Barrios is that he might end up getting just enough volume to throw off of everyone else. That's true. Uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis are going to be in a competition for that receiver number one role, in my opinion. I think it's Elijah Moore. If I'm making that decision and so i think he should be 
the leader in the clubhouse. And then how much volume does Garrett Wilson see behind Corey Davis if Corey Davis can stay healthy yeah. are things that I'm interested to see. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, I had a bold – we did uh, top five position rankings earlier this offseason, and I had a pretty bold prediction putting Garrett Wilson in my top five wide receivers. So I'm hoping he can live up to that because I feel like the past couple of wide really receiver cool. draft classes have been really solid, and we've seen two top five receivers in both of them and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So I'm, I'm, history repeats itself. So I said Garrett Wilson is going to be that guy this year. Um because I, I think he's probably the most polished receiver in this draft. I think him and Olave would probably my top two. Um, but I think if Zach Wilson can be more of the good that we, we're seeing instead of the bad, that Wilson to Wilson connection can be really something special this season. I would agree with that. I, I don't know if I would have him as a top five wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> that's a little a little high for me. But uh, I think he has that potential. I think he does have phenomenal routes in his arsenal. Uh, I don't think he's as much of a natural athlete as Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson is. I think That's they both true. have a bit of a step on him athletically, uh, which gives them a huge advantage. But uh, I think Wilson will do some serious damage for them this season yeah. uh, and could become quite fantasy valuable, especially if we see a repeat of what happened last year, which is Corey Davis missing time, or mm-hmm. even if Elijah Moore misses time, which he also did not play all 17 last year. So. Yeah. And then CJ Uzama, I'm not very high on CJ Uzama. Uh, yeah. He, I think they they overpaid for him, and they also got Tyler Conklin as well, so they really wanted to get a bunch of tight ends in there. Uh, and I think they picked poorly, and I think they overpaid. Uh, and I think CJ Uzama does not have much fantasy value. So put a takeout on him there. <laughs> I think he can be okay in terms of maybe receptions. I think if that O-line is really terrible, he's going to get a lot of receptions as maybe like a check down sort of guy. So yeah. he might have like three, four points a game. In if he can develop into a, like a true safety valve for mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, yeah. I feel like that's, that's uh, I guess, a ceiling outcome for him in my yeah. opinion. I think Conklin, even though I just knocked him, I honestly, I think he has a chance to get more volume than Uzama really? in that offense. Because Conklin played pretty well for minnesota the last couple of years uh the eagles hurts brown and sanders will all play uh so it's ronnie again like sala was super vague on how much time they're gonna play but uh they're gonna play and i think the interesting question is is hurts gonna run it all in this game uh do we see that aspect of the eagles offense or do they just completely play it safe and keep hurts hemmed in as a pocket passer uh which again is something interesting to watch how has he developed as a pocket passer in the last year because uh, we were talking about it before we went live. Hurts, his really only big knock as a fantasy player is he's not a super polished passer. He can get mm-hmm. in the end zone as a rusher, and they'll scheme that for him so you're not super worried about the inconsistency of that. So if he can take that big step as a passer with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown being there as receivers and hopefully Smith taking a big step, Hurts could be hugely valuable. Like right now he's QB7. I think he could even end up as like, a top five QB in the league this year for fantasy. If he does take that step as a passer and continues to produce as a rusher. Yeah. So it'll be he's, something. Yeah, he's a pretty big boomer bust guy for me because it just depends on if he's able to replicate that rushing uh, value that he has, which I think he will. And then just uh, progressing better as a passer, especially with better receivers around him. 
um, with Brown, Smith, Goddard as well at tight end. It's just he has things set up for him, and he's just got to put it all together. I would agree with that. The Eagles have made life easy for him. There are no excuses, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for him not being a productive passer this season. Yeah. The is Devontae is Smith playing? Yes, he should be playing. He's playing? Uh, okay. I believe they they said all the starters are good to go. Uh, so all right, Hopefully yeah, that is the case. Uh, the Packers and the 49ers. This is another one that is one to watch with the receiving core, especially for the Packers. Yes. Uh, no much. Aaron Rodgers, unsurprisingly. Uh, but uh, first look at that receiving core. You want to take it away on that? This is your team. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to talk about, especially with Romeo Dubs. I think he he's been really killing it in training camp. Um, Rogers has been having high praise for him, saying he has at least one wild play a day. Um, so he'll be probably the biggest receiver to look at. I think Lazard is probably set as their wide receiver one, though, at least to start the season. Um, I think he's a great, um, big kind of receiver that can really be do some damage in the red zone. Um, Watkins has played a little bit in training camp. He was injured in the beginning, but he's he started playing and he looks okay. I'm not super high on him. I just feel like he's not going to do as well as the other guys that are in that room. He might have that big week one like he always has and then fall <laughs> off. So I guess I guess we'll see. But Sammy Watkins week one miracle. Yeah. Got to have him on the team for week one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Romeo Dubs, I think, is the biggest guy to watch. There's no Christian Watson yet because he had – a minor knee surgery in the off season. So he's still recovering for that from that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, yeah, would love to get a look at him. He's I'm really excited for him. Um, I think the other two guys that are big are probably Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb. Who's going to get more touches at that slot position whenever they probably go with four receivers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are probably, I think that's Rogers' job to lose right now. Yeah. I think he can outplay Cobb. And if I'm the Packers, I want to go with my young guys. I want to get my yeah. young guys on the field. Uh, Randall Cobb has gas in the tank just a little bit, but I He's really more... don't feel like the drop off is that severe that you want to start Randall Cobb when, I mean, like, what are you building with Randall Cobb? Yeah. Out there? Nothing. Randall Cobb is mainly like that mentor kind of role in that room right now. And there's um, but, tons of validity to that, especially when you yeah. have that many young receivers. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a great guy to have in the room to mentor them and get them going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Amari Rogers was pretty bad last year. He was terrible on special teams. He was like muffin punts all over the place. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't sound like he's doing much better on a special team standpoint, but I haven't heard much as from him as a receiver, but I'm hoping he can make some progress. Mm-hmm. I think. He slots in as like their receiver five with Watson in. So he's yeah. due for volume in this game. Uh, how much is definitely interesting. I think yeah. Watkins's role is something to watch as well, because if Sammy Watkins ends up being that kind of viable veteran for them, then he could really push Dobbs and Rogers back on that roster. In That's terms true. Of how many targets are they getting? Uh mm-hmm. But again, like I said, I think you want to use your young guys if you're yeah. in the position the Packers are in, which is like see what they have and also get them that valuable experience of being on the field and playing. Exactly. Animals. So I think they're all due for significant usage, but uh, who ends up coming out? It's, it's anyone's game. Yeah, really, it's anyone. It's, it's pretty open. Yeah, I think this will be a good game to watch for Jordan Love just for 
dynasty value as well cuz he's been mm. there's been some praise for him this year they're saying he's getting a little more consistent it's mainly just mental stuff for him so watching him for from a dynasty league standpoint will be pretty interesting as well yeah i definitely someone to keep tabs on i think he's a low value buy in uh in any mm-hmm. dynasty league at this point where you can swoop him up low and just stash him on your team for I mean, yeah. even if you're stashing him for the next two seasons which might be realistic uh there could eventually be really big value there yeah trey lance uh and the 49 lance this is interesting to me it is not quite clear how much playing time he's gonna get but we know uh trey lance is gonna play in weeks one and three uh he Shanahan laid that out really clearly to us. He was like, in his conference, he was like, weeks one and three are Trey Lance's, weeks two and four are Jimmy G's. So that is something Mm -hmm. to watch. So if you want to see Trey Lance, you need to watch week one and you need to watch in week three. Debo Samuel, uh, is he going to be on the field at all? Uh, I could not find any comments from Shanahan on his preseason usage. He did play in the preseason last year. Yeah, I am not expecting a lot of preseason usage from Debo Samuel. But the interesting thing is, is if he is on the field, are they using him as a runner would be the one thing that I would want to look for. Are they scheming up plays for him as a runner regularly? Because he does he does have that contract incentive to hit X number. I think it's like 350 rushing yards, and then he gets paid out a ton of money. Yeah. So if he is getting used frequently as a rusher, I think his value is soaring as a wide receiver for fantasy. Yeah, I mean... I don't expect him to drop off that much. Um, he, I don't think he's gonna get as much rushing. I think they want to use him as a receiver more than they are as a, than they have been using him as a rusher. Um, and just maybe hopefully open things up for Elijah Mitchell in that backfield. But I think he's gonna want to run since he's gonna be making money from that. So it'll be interesting to watch there. Yeah, I think he's gonna want to get to that three fifty. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think it's three hundred grand. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I know if I had 300 grand on the line, I'm trying to get to 350. Exactly. <laughs> Give me the ball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. are guys to watch in that rotational back system for, mm-hmm. and Trey Sermon too, a little bit. Although Trey Sermon has gotten knocked and knocked and knocked uh, coming yeah. out of 49ers camp. But who sees more time in that rotation? I think we'll see a little bit of Trey Sermon. So maybe he can prove those coaches wrong. But, uh, Something to watch for. I think the biggest red flag with Elijah Mitchell is, is he going to get usage? He's sort of similar to Ramondre Stevenson to me, where he's in that kind of uh, a coach who loves to rotate the backs. So can yeah. he overcome that type of a scheme and actually become a truly valuable running back number one? Probably not. But... Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that I've been saying to avoid. Um, yeah. But he's, he's, he's a guy to watch throughout this preseason just to see how much volume he's going to get. But Overall, he's that entire backfield is a backfield that I'd want to avoid in fantasy just because it's so inconsistent with who gets how many touches. And also a lot of them are usually pretty injury prone. There's always like a couple that go down every season. Yeah, I feel like the 49ers in general are injury prone. Something about yeah. suiting up in that uniform makes exactly. you to get hurt. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy Casey for them. And Chicago coming yes. up next. Saturday games. This yeah, the first Saturday game we're gonna talk about today. Uh Mahomes is likely to see a little bit of action uh mm-hmm. in the preseason. Probably not game one, though. Uh I couldn't find like an exact press conference on this, but he's seen action in every preseason. So I do expect him to go again. Yeah. Uh 
the Heat, he doesn't usually play in the first game, though. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, all we have to base it on is past history right now. Yeah. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Ronald Jones should both be on the field. And that is an interesting usage battle because both of those guys have had past fantasy value who can come out as kind of the the lead back in that. To me, it's probably going to be uh, Edwards-Hilaire, but he, he's been really disappointing over the last few years. So I don't think he has a ton of fantasy value either. Yeah. It's, I mean, they've both been disappointing this past, these past couple of years, and they've been overshadowed by other parts of their teams. So I don't know. I don't, I'd probably avoid both of them, honestly. I'm not super high on either of them, but there's a chance with lack of receiving weapons or just like, I guess, a little bit of a downgrade. There's a chance for some, some of them to get maybe some of those targets and as well as getting more, um, handoffs to get the running game going as well yeah i'd agree with that uh juju smith schuster mbs and sky Moore are and a little bit of michael hardman too they're competing for targets to be kind of that receiver number option number two behind travis kelsey receiver number one if you will uh it's going to be interesting i think that's juju's role to lose right now i think mbs will slot in as receiver number two sky Moore hardman but uh, I agree with that. Potentially Hardman Sky more. It, that's, I think, kind of the most uh, flip-flop thing is who ends up filling that receiver three role. Yeah. I think uh, I'm excited to watch MVS with Patrick Mahomes just because of MVS is just deep threat ability and just Mahomes is deep ball ability. I mean, it's just, it's it's a pretty good match for them. And I, I think agree he, with that. it just sets up a lot of big plays for that offense, even with just... Tyreek Hill gone. MVS his catch struggles have always kind of scared me. On yeah, him. he's gotten better. He's gotten better through the years. It's still he still has drops, but uh, he and Evan Engram struggle from that same issue where it's like they're so good when you get the ball in their hands. But yeah, sometimes it's hard to it. get that ball. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then on the Bears side, uh, I think Justin Fields is really the number one thing to watch for them. He mm-hmm. will definitely go. Uh, can he look consistent? Does he look composed in the pocket? I think that's that's number one because if you can't keep it together in a preseason game, your odds of keeping it together on the actual NFL field are not really very good. Uh, and that was yeah. I think his number one issue last season is his pocket composure, his pocket awareness is not there yet. And uh, we talked about it last week. I think it comes with time. So has this offseason been as big of a developer for him as I think it can be? Because uh, that does have a huge effect on the uh, value of guys like Darnell Mooney and yeah, uh, that as well. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Bears. I'm a Packers fan. I don't like the Bears. I don't, I, don't, I never believe in them. They Shocking avoid. revelation. Yeah, does not like the Bears. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like Justin Fields can probably make progress this season, but just that entire organization is kind of down in the dumps. I mean, they're about to lose Roquan Smith. He just asked for a trade. They've been shopping Tevin Jenkins. I think. Um, Have they been? I have yeah, I, bad, I, but that's was, a really bad sign. It was a while ago, maybe early this month, but I haven't heard anything since. It's, they're like, oh, they're just looking to sh- – they're shopping their – I mean, he he was barely played, I think. He was injured all last Yeah, season. exactly. So I don't know why they're doing Not that. all last season. I think he did play a little bit, but – He wasn't that – I don't think it. he was that good when he played, but he was a rookie, so he's got mm. time to improve. But it's it's a pretty interesting thing that they're trying to set up there in Chicago. Linemen take a few years. Yeah, exactly. I That's think nice. you have to give them time. Like that NFL 
to call it or college to NFL transition for a lineman. I always think of Wyatt Teller, uh, fifth round guard with the Browns, doesn't do anything his first two years in the NFL. Third year, he lands with the Bills, or he stays with the Browns his third year, takes over, and then ends up parlaying into a huge contract with the Bills later mm-hmm. on as one of the best guards in the NFL. But you got to give these guys time to kind of like gel and mold. So I would not be surprised if Tevin Jenkins turns it around with whatever team he ends up with. Yeah. Because he's a, he was he came in as kind of unpolished, if I remember correctly. He was he's just like kind of kind of like the big, yeah, punisher type of lineman, sort of so, like a Trevor Penning type. And yeah, Penning has been without the <laughs> seeming uncontrollable rage. Yeah, that he's been, Penning deals with. Yeah, so I mean the Bears are the Bears. So I hopefully I mean as as an NFL fan, hopefully they can get better. As a Packers fan, I'm fine where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> Not really complaining about it. Yeah. Uh moving on. We got Carolina and Washington at 12 p.m. Uh Panthers, I think the number one thing to watch is who's gonna be their starting quarterback. Uh mm-hmm. not much more important than that. I mean, you do have a little bit of conversation around Christian McCaffrey, who I don't think we'll see at all. Uh, but the Baker Darnold stuff, it's gotta come to an end, and I think it comes to an end in the preseason. Uh, and I think I think it's Baker over Darnold. I, yeah, I don't see I agree. any reason why you would start Darnold after everything we've seen from him as yeah. NFL quarterback to this point. But uh, apparently he's playing really well in training camp. So it, yeah. it, it's quote-unquote an open job. So We'll see. I mean, he's still in the running. Yeah, because I, like, I feel like there's one day where I see like, oh, Baker sucks in training camp. He's doing terrible. And another day I see he's doing really well and he's throwing for three touchdowns. And so I guess we'll just see what happens there. I yeah, think it really has thing. been like that. Yeah, it's I think... been uh, every other day has been pretty rough for one of these guys. Like Darnold, I know opened it with like a five touchdown performance where he only missed like three throws, and Darnold threw like two interceptions and missed a yeah, bunch of passes. Exactly. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's Darnold for sure!" And then the next day, it's like an inverse, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, Baker." So maybe they end it's up just playing one guy one week and then another guy one week and just hope hey, to see what happens. Maybe that's what they need. They yeah. they can't consistently play. Neither of them can string a consistent game together, so just keep swapping them. Yeah, exactly. and they'll both be good every time you swap them. It just keeps it keeps the competitive spirit up. So, or alternatively, you go really out on a limb, and you're like, "All right, this week we're playing X team that can't defend the deep ball, so we're going with Baker." And, and, <laughs> and next yeah. week we're playing X team that can't defend short pass. You you scheme it up a little. Yeah, bit. exactly. Keep them on their toes. Yeah. And they still got PJ Walker, don't they, as their number three right now? They do. They could scheme him in as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Just run a three quarterback system. I like that. Yeah. I think Matt Rule, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, uh, you better be. This is oh, a yeah. lot of free advice for you, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Um both of us are open to a job on the yeah. Panthers QB staff. Co co head coaches. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I think other than them, the biggest person to watch is probably Chuba Hubbard. How yes. because with McCaffrey injured, he he wasn't that he was a little inconsistent, but he was okay. And hopefully, he can kind of because what was it his junior year at OSU? He was mm. absolutely insane. Yeah, and he kind of fell off his senior year. I think that's what it was. He's pretty solid his senior year. He, I remember I got to see a lot of him, too much of him as <laughs> a uh, Oklahoma State back playing the Sooners, and he's yeah. he's beast. He's been a beast for a while, but uh. He disappointed in year one in the NFL, even yeah. with a lot of volume. Uh, so I I think he is definitely someone with a lot to prove in the preseason this year, for sure. Yeah, because I 
I remember his no, it was his sophomore year. He had two thousand rushing yards. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And then his I was thinking that was his junior year. Yeah, I his junior year he was like he was hurt like half the season and he only had six hundred yards. Okay. So hopefully he and can kind of after that. Yeah, he declared for the draft after that. So hopefully he can kind of return to his sophomore form. Um because he was insane. He was I think he was like a Heisman finalist yeah, or semi finalist or something that um, season. So I don't know if he made it to New York as like one of the finalists, but yeah, he's, he's probably up there. But yeah. On the commander side, uh, Carson Wentz. First look at him as the new quarterback of the commanders. Uh, first look at them as the commanders. That's yeah. Woo. It's been a long uh, off season. Yeah, it has. And then we get John Dotson. Uh, how much volume does Jahan Dotson get is going to be an interesting question to solve is because it's going to have a big effect on Terry McLaurin and it's mm. obviously going to have a huge effect on him and whether or not he's immediately valuable as a fantasy option this year. Uh, and I think a lot of that will come from, does he cash in on volume that he gets in the preseason? So he's definitely somebody to watch. Yeah. Um, I th- I mean, I had, a, had him as a sleeper last episode, so I think he can really be, something special for the offense. They're, I think they're planning for him to be pretty special as a first-round pick, like I said last time. Um, and I think just giving him a, a good quarterback, who I believe Carson Wentz can be, I think just having Terry McLaurin next to him, that all just sets things up for him to have a really good first year in the league. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, at the very least, he's guaranteed a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. I think the ball is going to be coming his way. Like there's definitely a desire from the commander's front office to prove everybody wrong, which is what I mentioned last episode, which is that they they want to be right about this guy. Like you you invest a lot of capital and a lot of time into a first round pick. So it's yeah. when everyone comes out and says, like, no, that guy shouldn't have gone in the first round. I feel like there is a little bit of a immediate blowback to you to be like, you know what? No, like he, sh- he should have gone in the first round and I'll show you why. Like he, we'll give him the ball. He'll play really well. So I did. Yeah. There will be a little bit of a drive to prove the league wrong about Jahan Dodson. Seahawks and Steelers. This one, uh, I don't have a time on that one. My bad. Uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith still competing for the job. Uh, Geno expected to start the game. Uh, that I think is the number one thing to watch is who ends up coming out as the starting quarterback for them. Uh, yeah. I don't expect to see much DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett in this game. Uh, I think they will be there a little bit. And then Rashad Penny and Kenny Walker, I think we will see a lot of them in this game. So mm-hmm. uh, I, the Rashad Penny, Ken Walker competition is going to be definitely something to watch. Uh, I think it's kind of the most important fantasy dynamic outside of the quarterback battle for the Seahawks is can Penny get the volume and can he stay healthy? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is just going to be a good game for the quarterbacks. Both teams are looking at quarterback competition with the mm-hmm. Seahawks with Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and the Steelers have got Trubisky and Pickett and also Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is probably not going to start, but yeah, he's, a little bit he's there. That, that uh, competition. But it'll be a good – just I think all four of those quarterbacks have something to prove, and I think they, they can all play pretty well. It's going to be the first time to see Kenny Pickett as a Steeler, so – that's mm-hmm. going to be a very fun game to watch. Yeah. Drew Locke's first game as a Seahawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trubisky's first game as a Steeler, too. So there's a lot oh, of yeah. firsts. Yeah. Uh, 
definitely some fun stuff to watch. And also George Pickens. Uh, George Pickens uh, should George be on the field Pickens. for the Steelers as well. Uh, he has gotten a bunch of noise out of camp. I think uh, Alec might yell at us if we didn't mention George Pickens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he's he been great. Uh, definitely excited to see how he plays. Uh, and almost... I'm pretty excited to see who he kind of looks better with. Like, does Trubisky get him give him the ball better? Or does Pitt yeah, get him that's the ball true. better? Who yep. does he kind of seem to have developed more chemistry with out of training camp? Uh, would be something to watch for for sure. I remember Alec. He's one of the guys at offsides. For those of you who don't who don't know, but he he sent a quote earlier today about um about George Pickens. Um, Mike Tomlin was talking about him, saying that. He was uh, Tomlin was asked what Pickens needs to work on. He says absolutely everything. He has talent, but there's a difference between talent and skill. God gives you the talent; we develop the skill. And so he's Tomlin is really looking at Pickens to be a big player. I feel like from that quote, trying to make sure yeah. that he's not comfortable with where he's at, and making sure that he's getting a lot better and better, and hopefully develops into an elite talent next to Deontay Johnson, maybe. Yeah, I think. That is, I think that quote can be interpreted in a number of ways. It's definitely an interesting thing to say about a player because it's in one way hugely positive and like praising them. Like he's got all this natural talent, but then in another way, it's, it's a little bit critical of them, like saying they, they need to develop these skills. But I think if you look at it in the context of who the Steelers are as an organization and what they pride themselves on, I think it makes a lot of sense. The Steelers pride themselves as an organization that develops receivers and that do so at a Pro Bowl and All Pro level. So I think, especially for Tomlin, he feels like this is a super talented player, maybe an even more talented player than some of the guys that I've developed in the past. Like I will, I'm going to work wonders with him because he's already got all this natural talent, and now I can give him the skills that I've given to guys like AB, uh, Juju Smith, like all of these guys in the past that have been really phenomenal Steelers receivers in the last like gosh like eight years now yeah so yeah that'll be fun to watch how he progresses yeah i think that is a uh really uh positive quote around pickens that's how i would interpret it yeah same and the last game we're going to talk about today before we get into the fantasy bus uh dolphins and buccaneers uh tua and tyreek that connection is something that i am super excited to watch uh we've seen a lot of clips of it on twitter we've seen Everyone break those clips down. Did he yep. underthrow him? Uh, <laughs> it's, yes, he did underthrow him. Why did the Dolphins put that clip out? Uh, there's, it's like a, there's almost like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a conspiracy around that whole thing. Like, did mm-hmm. the Dolphins put that clip out intentionally to like throw people off the the two ascent? Like, train. Yep. Make people think two was bad. Uh, I think they just hired a really bad social media manager. But uh, I am fascinated to see what this new offense looks like. Yeah, uh, new coach in there. It should be interesting for sure. Uh, Tua's got a lot to prove, and I think he he understands that he has a lot to prove. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it was an okay throw in the video. It was underthrown for sure, but maybe it was in the place where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, maybe Tyreek but... got random. Yeah, it wasn't expecting I mean, Tariq to be that fast. Yeah, it was, it, was. it was like one of the first days. They're still trying to get to know each other. So, and I said I, we saw another video like maybe a week or so after that where there was a two on the dot. So maybe, maybe they're getting better. I guess time mm-hmm. will tell for that. But just I think just seeing how he to a meshes with all the offensive weapons with Tyreek and um, Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki 
I mean, it's a, it's a really good trio of receivers. Um, I'm not super, I wasn't super high on the, the Mike McDaniel hire. I don't really know how I feel about him as a, as a head coach. He seems like a cool guy. He um, does. But I don't know about him as a coach. And he, to be honest with you, I think I'm gonna get some blowback for this take. He's trying too hard to seem like a cool guy. I can see that. I think he's, he's kind of forcing it a little bit. Uh, it comes off as corny to me. Yeah, I can and see I that. Know, maybe I'm a cynic. Maybe I'm just an asshole. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it comes off as a little corny. Yeah. But, uh, I can see that. And I also wasn't too high on the hire either. I don't yeah. think – I wasn't high on the idea of firing Brian Flores. I thought they should have just kept Brian Flores and yeah, kept I'm, going with I mean, That was a whole another yeah, story for that. For... All right, so let's get into the Buccaneers a little bit. Uh Evans and Godwin and Tom Brady are all likely out for this game. Uh, Julio Jones should have an opportunity to prove that he still has fantasy value in that offense. Uh, as Russell Gage uh, suffered an injury today for us, tomorrow or yesterday for you guys, uh, walked off the field in his own power. We have not received an update on that to to our point. Hopefully you guys have by, by now and know a little bit more. But as of now, we are going to assume he is not playing on Saturday. Uh so Julio Jones and Tyler Johnson should have a good opportunity to prove themselves uh, in that offense. Tyler Johnson, rookie last year out of Minnesota, and then Julio Jones, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, future Hall of Famer. Can he have value in that offense? I've seen a lot of people riding for Julio Jones on Twitter, uh, and I feel like the caveat every single time is, I know he's not what he once was. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where I end up with him. Uh, yeah. He's just not what he once was. I don't think there's a ton of value there. I think it'll just be kind of like that Antonio Brown role without the Antonio Brown personality where he kind of has his moments where he has those big plays every once in a while that Antonio Brown had in in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think he's definitely capable of that. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as consistent as we've seen Julio Jones to be as a fantasy option, though. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. Playing a little bit like Antonio Brown did last year, I think that's kind of the higher end of uh, yeah. Jones's outcomes. I think I think another big thing to watch is the tight end room. Oh I yes, mean, they brought in Great Kyle point. Rudolph, they drafted Kate Otten, and they have Cameron Bright. And with Gronk gone, it'll be interesting to see who ends up being that tight end one. It seems like it's me, Kyle Rudolph, from a fantasy standpoint, because he's proven that before, even though he's in a new offense this year. Bray um, should be due for some volume as well. Bray uh, is going to get good stuff. He's been great in his history, but that is a long time ago. Uh, and he's aging. So Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think Otten is good for maybe a dynasty pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably not going to do much this season. But good stash pick. Yeah, he can be someone that really pops off. And maybe by the end of the season, or I think for sure by – next season oh let's get into fantasy busts a little bit we've taken a fantasy long time for bus. these preseason games yeah uh, so we don't have as much time to do fantasy busts as we initially planned on uh but we're gonna hit a couple of them real quick uh irv smith jr first up on my list uh he's currently going tight end 14 and while i don't think Irv smith jr is bad and again that's kind of the caveat with all these guys is none of them are bad players like these are all pretty solid players I think there are just better options available later for you. And with Irv Smith Jr., I think Albert O and Hunter Henry are both significantly better options, significantly more likely to produce at a higher rate than Irv Smith is this year for Minnesota. Uh, I know there's more volume for him with Kyle Rudolph out the door, 
but I don't think he's he's never really been able to establish himself as that dominant guy. I don't think Rudolph should have been the competition that Rudolph was for him the last two years. Uh, so I just never really been inspired in or never really had a lot of confidence inspired by Irv Smith Jr.'s play. Um, yeah. I mean, he had a decent season last year with Rudolph gone. Um, I don't know how much better he'll get from that season with other fantasy weapons around him, like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So I think he had maybe like seven or eight points a game last year, which is okay. Mm. I don't think he's a guy that you should expect to get some really good tight end one numbers for you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Hunter Henry could produce at a tight end one level Mm -hmm. uh, easily. I think he's got red zone upside. I think Albert O has a little bit less of a chance of producing at that tight end one level, but more of a chance of doing it that Irv Smith Jr. does. So I think Hunter Henry is definitely somebody to target, in my opinion, though. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins is second on my list of fantasy busts. Uh, And this one I know is going to strike people or rub people the wrong way, but uh, T. Higgins, I think he's just – I mean, receiver number two in that offense. I think we saw him get a lot of volume last year. And he still wasn't as valuable as guys behind him right now are uh, like Michael Pittman jr. Is currently wide receiver 14. Uh, that's two spots after T Higgins jr. And wide receivers. I think there's better value there as the mm-hmm. Colts number one receiver. And then Deontay Johnson as the Steelers number one receiver uh, quarterback upgrade for both of these players. I think both of them get better volume. I think both of them are better fantasy value than T Higgins is. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy that a wide receiver two is going that high, especially with the wide receiver one being as dominant as Jamar Chase is. Because there's still, even after Pittman and uh, Deontay Johnson, there's Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf as well. I think DK Metcalf is kind of tossed up with this, <clears throat> excuse me, with this quarterback situation. But Terry McLaurin, I feel like, can outperform all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that having a wide receiver two be a top 15 option uh, in fantasy is an interesting development. It's uh, a huge vote of confidence in Joe Burrow. Yeah. uh, In my opinion, possibly too much. So Mm -hmm. I think Joe Mixon's going to get volume in that Bengals offense. They're going to want to run the ball. Uh, Joe Mixon's phenomenal. They've worked on that offensive line to get it to a place where they can successfully run the ball. I don't think they're going to pass enough to make T Higgins and Jamar Chase both fantasy receiver number ones, which is what you're asking for here at receiver 12. Uh, Moving on from them, another guy that I just don't think gets the volume, uh, Javante Williams. He's currently running back number nine, uh, and it's just a little rich uh, with Melvin Gordon in there. Melvin Gordon and him saw, what was it, the exact same number of attempts last year? Yeah, exact same number of attempts. Yeah, and Williams saw a little bit more volume as a receiver. I think people are overestimating how much Melvin Gordon is due to drop off this season and how much they are going to give Yvonne Williams the ball. I just think it's going to be like maybe a 60-40 split for them, but Melvin Gordon is still due to see a ton of volume. He still has gas in the tank. I think Nick Chubb is a much better option at RB10, and I think even Saquon is a better option at RB12. I think Saquon's more likely to see volume as a rusher, uh, way more volume as a rusher, and then he should be due for more volume as a receiver as well in that Giants offense. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think even – I think Javante Williams have, will have an upgrade of a season. I'm not phrasing this right. 
he's going to do better than he did last season. And Melvin, Melvin Gordon is probably going to do a little worse just because of the volume they're going to get. But having him as a top 10 running back is probably not where I'd have him. He's still above guys like Aaron Jones, who I think is going to have a huge boost in receptions with that, uh, Devontae Adams gone. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is, Elliott is pretty low. Uh, James Conner is below him. Who James Conner had a big season mainly from touchdowns, but I still think he has a chance at outperforming um, Javante Williams. So Javante Williams at nine is pretty high for me. It's just a little rich. Uh, I think, again, I think there's value there. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's really solid. Uh, I'm not trying to knock him, but I just think that he's a bit more handcuffed than people realize with Melvin yeah. Gordon still being there. I mean, they re-signed Melvin Gordon for a reason. Yeah. Oh, and there's also news for them saying that both of them are going to be on a pitch pitch count this season. So it'll be see? interesting to see how they pace each of them. So, yeah. So that's not a hugely positive sign for Yvonne Williams taking over as the lead back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, Cam Akers, moving on from them, and then we'll get into Ayush's list. Uh, Cam Akers, RB15. I like Cam Akers. I'm a, I'm a Rams fan, uh, so it does pay me to say this, but I just don't have confidence in him coming back from that Achilles injury. He was really, really rough in the postseason last year. Uh, it was hidden by the fact that the Rams were just really good as a passing offense, but he mm-hmm. fumbled multiple times in the Buccaneers game, almost cost them the NFC Championship. I just can't give him a huge vote of confidence until I see it after. If he blows me away in the preseason this year, which there is a chance for him to do that, for him to come out and play really well, uh, then I will move him up. But I need to see him play well coming out of this Achilles injury. And I also worry a little bit about his volume. Daryl Henderson Jr. is still there. I think that's still a bit of a handcuff. I think you should go with David Montgomery. RB17, not much of a handcuff over there. Uh, a little bit with Khalil Herbert, but not as much as you'd see with Daryl Henderson Jr. I think Montgomery is due for a good deal of volume, especially as a receiver this year as well. I think he could take a big step. Yeah, I I, I, I was surprised Cam Akers came back from the injury so early. Um, and he showed that I feel like that he wasn't completely ready to go mm-hmm. uh, when he came back. So maybe there's a chance that he could be fully – uh, recover from the injury and be at his full uh, potential at this point. But I think RB15, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, RB15 is still pretty high for a guy like that coming off a pretty serious injury as young yeah. as he is. And again, like I said, I am definitely rooting for Cam Akers. No one's rooting for him more than me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just think it's a little rich. Uh, I would st- – Go in a different direction in round two, which is kind of where he's going right now. Yeah. In most leagues, round two, round three. Yeah. And then the completely out of this world one is the Bills defense is getting drafted ahead of guys like Juju Smith Schuster right now. Don't draft a defense outside of the last two rounds of your draft. Yeah. Just, I don't feel like I should have to say it, but clearly I do because uh, the Bills defense is going really high. Don't do it. You don't need to do it. They're not going to get you enough points. Uh, for it to make it worth it. Yeah. Don't take a defense until round 10 unless they're running off the board and you aren't going to get a good one at all. But even then, I, I don't really feel like it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I think that goes through your list. All right. I'm going to seem like a pretty big Bears hater today, which I guess I am. But the first you, guy on my you've list... You've already done a good job of seeing yeah. the Bears hater yeah. just going to pour it on. Yeah, we're just going to keep it coming, but... Justin Fields was number one on my list as a bust. I feel like he's 
Yeah, I mean, he's middle of the tier in the quarterbacks. He's QB 17, which I think is still pretty high for him. Because um, it's above guys like Ryan Tannehill and Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, who I think he can out he, he's going to get outperformed by all of them. Um, I don't think he's going to make as much progress as people are hoping he will, um, especially as a runner. And his weapons are terrible. O-line is terrible. I mean, there's nothing to help him succeed right now. Uh, so I, that that's a guy that I would stay away from and leave him for the waiver wire. Someone that I would watch throughout the season and see if he has any fantasy value, but he's pretty very high for me right now. Yeah, I I got to agree. QB 17 is a little bit rich for fields. Yeah. I would have him more in like the mid-20s range. Yeah, he's my, uh, I just don't think he's going to be consistent. He's my QB 33 right now on my list. Ooh, which is so you're really low. Yeah, I'm very low on him because I have I have a lot of guys that are because I have Deshaun Watson above him. That was before he he was suspended, so maybe he'll drop a little bit. Mm. I still have guys like Zach Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Tua, Jared Goff. I have all those guys. Davis Mills, I have above him. I'm just yeah. not very high on Justin Fields. I think there's better value. Yeah, than any of the names you just listed. Yeah, uh, other than maybe Brissett. I think I'd probably take Fields over Brissett. Yeah, Brissett uh, is probably just a guy to – like a short-term guy for probably the beginning of the season, really. Yeah, waiver wire if your yeah. QB goes down or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, next guy I had – Who else you got? Was Devin Singletary, another middle-of-the-pack or middle-tier running back, but he's still pretty high at RB26, uh, higher than Rashad Penny uh, and Cordero Patterson. Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, guys like that. I don't really see him. He's He had a really good rookie year, I think, and he's just never lived up to that since. Uh, and they drafted James Cook in the second round, so obviously they're going they're planning on use, utilizing him a lot um, this season. So I don't see Devin Singletary being that lead back for Buffalo this year. Um, yeah. They have Zach Moss as well. I think Zach Moss is – not a fantasy option, really. He's probably RB3. But I think RB26 for Devin Singletary when there are plenty of other guys that you can have um, take his place is pretty high. I agree. I think they want to rotate. I think they want to use Singletary. I think they want to use um, – totally blank. I think they want to use Moss, and I think they want to use uh, Cook as it's well. Cook, yeah. uh, I think it's going to be mostly Singletary and Cook. And I think Cook has a chance to push ahead of Singletary mm-hmm. uh, in that usage split as the year goes by. I didn't have Cook as high as the Bills did. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that they took him that early, but yeah, I do great. think that does say a lot about how they feel about him uh, and that they think. And he's getting compared to Dalvin Cook a lot, obviously, uh, in training yeah. camp by Bills players. So, you know, I take that with a grain of salt. I mean, those guys have been on the field with Dalvin Cook, so their word, I guess, means yeah. a little bit more than mine does. But uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see James Cook in that offense. I uh, was never really able to establish a – or carve out like a true running back number one role for himself at Georgia, so it's kind of hard to evaluate him. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have a lot of work on his legs either, so he, he should be pretty fresh. That's true. College. That's true. That's I didn't think really about that. About in that that term yeah um and then my third guy was another bills player gabe davis who is currently Mm. wide receiver 28 right now which is right around 
Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas and higher than Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen and Hunter Renfro and Juju and guys like that. Um, I cannot believe that. That is so high. Yeah, it's 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 something that I'm calling the Jalen Brunson effect now, um, <laughs> which if people who don't know Jalen Brunson, he's an NBA player who really popped off this past year in the playoffs. He, he was a solid role player for the Dallas Mavericks. And then he absolutely popped off in the playoffs while Luka Doncic was out, and then, and then his he would be he became uh, became a free agent, and his value was insanely high, higher than it probably should have been. So, that's kind of what I'm seeing with Gabe Davis. He was okay throughout the entire season, and then he has he has four touchdowns in the di- divisional round, um, and I don't obviously he's not going to replicate that from a week to week basis, especially with Stephon Diggs next to him. Um, and he's he's not nearly as established as other guys that are below him, like Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen and Juju uh, and guys like that. So there's plenty of other players that I would take above him. He's he's a guy that has a high ceiling, but it's still pretty high at 28 for me. I didn't, I'm totally with you. I I'm stunned by Gabe Davis being that high, and I. I just think there's way too much value, way too much more consistent value below him. I mean, even if he yeah. does return to form, he's not going to outplay. Some of these guys are receiver number ones with their team, like Amari Cooper, Juju mm-hmm. Smith. Like you, you cannot possibly count on him to outperform them, in my opinion. Exactly. I, again, it's sort of like what we talked about with T. Higgins, but uh, unlike T. Higgins, he doesn't have a track record of being a thousand yard receiver. Exactly. So I yeah. I really cannot see an argument to buy into him off of one fantasy game. I like that Jalen Brunson yeah, analogy there. He's, that is, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. he's He has the potential to be up there. I, I think that's probably his ceiling. That's where he's going at a wide receiver 27. It's really, it's really, um, they're really banking on him to do really well this season. There's no chance he outperforms that draft position. Like mm-hmm. he, he might get you there. Like he might end up being like receiver 28 but I don't think he's anything higher than that. Yeah, there's nothing to back him up right now other than that one playoff game. Yeah. It's the only proven history. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a yeah. really successful NFL receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, those are the three guys that were my biggest bust that I'm seeing this season. All right. I yeah. think uh, we are good then. It's a yeah. long episode. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. Uh, we hope you liked it. Uh, we will see you on Tuesday uh, where we'll be reviewing the preseason games and uh, doing a little bit more fantasy ranking stuff like that. It'll be fun. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us once again, and we will see you guys next time. All right. See y'all later.